Thanks for listening to Parkview on the Go. No matter where you're from, what your story is, or where you are on your spiritual journey, you belong here and we want to help you take a step toward God. If at any point along the way you feel like you want to have a conversation about faith, life, and where God might be leading you next, you can let us know at parkviewchurch.com slash next steps. That's parkviewchurch.com slash next steps. We hope this content encourages you to continue becoming the person God created you to be. Enjoy the service. Hello, hello. Good to see you, friends. Good to see you, summertime, summertime around here. It's good to be here with everybody at Orland, everybody uh, online, everybody New Linux, everybody Homer Glen. It's good to be together and sing and point our hearts towards God and just refocus for a new week, study the Bible for a little bit. I'm glad, glad that you're here. Uh, we are continuing this series called You Can Quote Me on That. And if you haven't been around here uh, very much this summer, what we're doing is we're just diving into uh, the Bible and the life of Jesus. And we're studying how he lived and some of the things he said and uh, some of the friendships he had. And we're just pulling those things apart and seeing how they can apply uh, to our lives as well and how we can live more like Jesus did. Uh, So that's where we're at uh, today. That's where we've been at here for the summer. And uh, before we dive into our study uh, today specifically, I want to take just a moment uh, and give just a, a shout out because last weekend on the July 4th weekend, all of our campus pastors around here, and I think we actually have a a photo of them up here. Yeah, Jason and Richie and and, uh, Chad, and then also Nathan, who's online. All of these guys, campus folks, preached uh, at all the different Parkview campuses and online to thousands and thousands and thousands of people who call Parkview home. And they they did an exceptional, exceptional job. And I just want to say, a lot of times, um, they they, they do a lot of things that are not ever seen because they're so behind the scenes. But they give so much care and so much energy to all the things we do around here. Not only them, how many of you know also their spouses, their kids invest a lot of time and energy into this place. So on all of our campuses all around here, Orland Park, Homer Glen, New Linux Online, can we give these guys a huge, like a big shout out. There we go. They're so happy, you can tell. They changed. Their pictures changed to happy just because you did that. No. Uh, so we're, we're so excited uh, to have them as part of the team, and I know that so many of you love them so much, so I just want to give them that shout out. Now, uh, to get us all headed in the same direction here today, let me ask you this question. Uh, when you were growing up, uh, just think about this, did you, did you go to church a lot? Did you go to church maybe just a little bit, or were you really not a church person or family at all? It's like Todd and my family really didn't go to church at all, it just wasn't, wasn't part of our rhythm. Uh, just think about that. For me... I grew up going to church a lot. In fact, I always thought that my dad worked at the church because we were always at church, okay? He didn't. He never, he never worked there, but he, we were always there. Sunday morning, we were there. Sunday night, we were there. Wednesday night, we would have services. We were there. Some of you remember that. We, we were there whenever uh, the church was open, and I also had a great youth group. I had a great youth pastor. In fact, part of the reason I'm a pastor today is because of those people who work in student ministry and my youth pastor. That's part of why I'm a pastor today. And and so that was incredible. But with that being said, maybe some of you will be able to relate to this. For me, in my growing up years, uh, some of my early church experience and some of my early faith was kind of like this game. It was kind of like a game of Jesus says, right? That's kind of how I 
felt like I grew up. You know the game Simon says, right? I, I had this game kind of like Jesus says. Jesus says jump, so you jump, right? Jesus says go to church, Todd, so you go to church, right? Jesus says pray, so you pray. Jesus says don't cuss, Todd, so I would try not to cuss, right? Jesus says, Todd, don't, don't, don't stare too long at that girl. And so I, I would say, but she's beautiful. You made her, you know. And, you know but I, what, what I really quickly realized was I would, I would do a bunch of these things, but if you would disobey the things that Jesus would say, it's, it's kind of like you were out of the game. And, and here's what I need you to know. Here's what I need you to know, Parkview. I was really, really good at the game. I mean, I was good at the Jesus Says game, but I was also oftentimes fairly miserable, okay? And here's, here's what I learned. Uh, here's what I came to realize. The better and better I did at the game Jesus Says, the easier it became for me to realize people who were not doing as well. And, and, and I would begin to be upset with them or be judgmental of them. And I would say things like, I, I wouldn't say this out loud, but when I would see people who were at church supposed to be playing the Jesus Says game, and they weren't playing, I'd be saying, hey, 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 you're supposed to be playing a game. If I'm going to be miserable, you're going to be miserable, okay? We're, we're, we're all going to play the game here. In fact, the, the better I got at the game, a lot of ways, the more judgmental I became. Can I say that again? The better I got at what I thought was the game of Jesus Says the more judgmental I became of people who weren't maybe doing it the way I thought they should. And maybe for you, as you sit here this weekend, around Chicagoland, around all of our campuses, maybe you dropped out of church a little bit, or maybe you dropped out of church a lot because you were at a place, you know, that was all about do this, do, 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 don't, 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 don't. And it was just all those things. And, and frankly, you're just sitting there going, I just, I wasn't very good at the game, Todd. I wasn't very good at it. And, and I just said, you know what, I, I, I can't do this. I'm out. I'm out on this. And so you dropped out for a few weeks or a few months or even, even a few years. And, and here's what I want to say today. Here's the great news. Here's the great, great news. This is amazing news. When you just go read the Gospels, when you read the, the Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the New Testament. It tells the story of Jesus and his life and how he lived. That's a lot of what we're studying this summer. When you go read the Gospels, here's, here's what you begin to find out. That, that Jesus, it wasn't really all do, 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 and don't, don't, don't. Here's what Jesus did. He just said this. Follow me. Would you just follow me? And he asked people, you know, who were religious and people who were not religious at all. And he asked rich people and he asked people who didn't have much money at all. And he asked uh, people who were older and younger and male and female. He asked all these people, he said, listen, would you just follow me? Follow me. And so that's what I want us to dive into today. What's it look like to just follow after Jesus and what does that yield in our lives? If you have a Bible with you this weekend or a smartphone or a tablet, Matthew chapter 9 is where we're going to be in the Bible. So go ahead and open your Bibles or however you find things in the Bible. Open up to Matthew chapter 9. And the section of Jesus' life that we're going to study today is kind of like a backstage look into his friendships, into some of his relationships. And this weekend, if you're a person who's kind of new to church, you're going to love this study today. You know why? Because the person we're going to study was really new to church. 
they, they were really new to faith and following Jesus. They really had no idea how to follow Jesus. They were just learning how to figure that out. And maybe some of you are like that, or you have friends or kids or grandkids who are like that. So it's going to be really, I think, good for us to study. Matthew chapter 9, we're going to start in verse 9. Check this out. And Jesus went from there, and he saw a man named Matthew sitting at a tax collector's booth. And this is kind of interesting too, right? If you study Bible, I mean, here's Matthew, right? He saw, sees a guy named Matthew, and who's this? Who's, who's writing this? It's Matthew. It's like, hey, Matthew saw Matthew. It's me. It's, hey, it's me, it's me. It's Matthew, Matthew saw Matthew. Okay, right? So you're putting that together. You're like, you know, right? Okay, so where was I? Um, he, okay, so he saw, he saw a name, name Matthew sitting at a tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up, and he followed him. And so let, let's just pause there. We're just, we're just going to cover a couple of, of uh, thoughts and verses uh, this weekend. Just, just the one verse. Just, just imagine this, that, that Jesus is around this little seaside village. He's going back and forth across this little sea, and there's all these little towns, and there's all these little villages. And as he's traveling along, he sees this tax collector's booth, Right? This, this little booth area. And some of you have studied this. You know what this is all about. But these tax collectors' booths would have these tax collectors in them. And these people who were called tax collectors, they were hated, despised individuals. They, they would make life miserable for their community. They were kind of like mob people. They, they, it was kind of like a, a mob thing. And tax rates, the tax rate in this part of the world was being taxed by Rome and the tax rate for just normal people was anywhere between like 40 all the way up to 50% is what people were being taxed. So, I mean, it, it, was, it was a heavy, heavy tax. And what was going on is these tax collectors, like Matthew, they were setting up these booths and they would be empowered by Rome. And so they would get their taxes from people for Rome, 40 or 50%, whatever it was. And then whatever other taxes they could tack onto that, they would just keep they would hang on to. They would have that for themselves. And so all of the people, you got to get your mind into this story. All the people in this little seaside village that Jesus is walking through, they would have all known Matthew really well because he was going to be causing problems for them. And if you're picturing Matthew, when you think about Matthew, if you think of, you know, like some kind of pocket protector, you know, wearing, number, crunching, accountant type person, you probably should change that image in your mind. Because as I've been told and learned through the years, basically one of Matthew's main jobs was to separate you from your money. Right? I mean, he was probably a bit more like a, a bouncer at a bar than he was an accountant. Right? Maybe like a soprano type person. Hey, you's going to pay me what you owe me? You know? I, I know, that's terrible. You're like, never do that again, Todd. Please, please never, ever, ever promise us you'll never do that again, okay? I need to stick to my notes, right? So Jesus comes up to this person, right? This is who Matthew is. Jesus comes up to this person at this toll booth. He comes up to Matthew, and he starts this conversation with him. And notice that, like, the first thing Jesus says isn't, like, a whole big game of Jesus says. It's not like, okay, Matthew, do this, do this, do this. Matthew, I see all these things you're doing. Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Jesus just goes up to him and says, follow me. Why don't you follow me? And Matthew decides to leave this lucrative tax collecting business and he begins to do life with Jesus. And this kind of scenario is repeated dozens and dozens and dozens of times throughout the Bible where Jesus will ask somebody to follow him, they will decide to leave everything, and they will just begin to follow him. 
It's, it, it's incredible. No, notice this. Notice that Jesus doesn't say, he doesn't say, okay, if you are willing to stop, I, I know, Matthew, we just met, but if, I, I know about your world, I know about your life, I've heard about you. If you're willing to stop doing this and this and this and this, and you're willing to start doing this and this and this and this, then you can follow me. Then, then can, can we do that? Can we figure that out? That's, that's not what he does. He, he, just, he sees him, he knows who he is, he knows how he's lived his life, and he just says, why, why don't you just follow me? Follow me. And of course, we do not know every detail of Jesus' life and his friendship with Matthew and, and their relationship, but almost immediately in the very next verse, and we don't know how long this takes, but in the very next verse, we get an insight into how their relationship begins to develop. Take a look at this, Matthew chapter 9, verse 10. And while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. So Jesus has only known Matthew. They've only known each other really for probably a short bit of time. Who knows how long? They're very different people, but Jesus is already at his house. Like, hey, yeah, let's eat. Let's do it. And Matthew has him over. And I think this is incredible. And as we're studying the life of Jesus this summer and and how Jesus lived, and and we're trying to say, could I live like that? Could my life look more like the life of Jesus this summer? I think one of the really, really cool things that we can learn about Jesus already from this, I think the first person I ever heard say this was a pastor named Andy Stanley uh, down in the Atlanta area. And it just, it, it kind of was amazing to me. And I've hung on to it ever since. Here's one of the first things we can learn about Jesus. And that is people who are nothing like Jesus, like Jesus. I think that's so good. People who are just nothing like him. This tax collector who was like a mob type person really in his community. People who were nothing like Jesus liked Jesus. They wanted to be around him. They just wanted to have dinner with him. Do do people who are nothing like us like us? Do they want to be around us? Are they okay with that? Or are we involved in the the judgment and the games and things like that in our lives. I want to pause here for just a moment and, and say that if you, if, if just, I'm just, I know I'm not talking to all of you here, but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll, I'm talking to some of you. If you've ever felt uncomfortable at church, if you ever quit coming to church at some point in your life because you just were feeling uncomfortable about things or people were judging you or that sort of thing, listen, listen, that is not Jesus' fault. It's not what Jesus intends. That's the fault of other people and who we get into that Jesus says game. That's the fault of other pastors and even preachers like me who start to say things and heap things upon us. That's not Jesus' fault. People who were nothing like Jesus liked Jesus. They were attracted to each other. I think that's important for us to understand. And you think about this from Matthew's point of view. Think about this relationship. I mean, he started following Jesus. And I can just imagine that one day he gets home, you know, from spending some time with Jesus and these other disciples, you know, that he's just trying to figure out who these people are. And, and he begins to think to himself, you know what, I have a whole new life. I have a whole new life now and I have a whole new set of friends and I haven't even talked to my old friends about this new life. One day Jesus just came up to me and said he wanted me to leave and so I, or follow him and so I left my tax collecting business and, and I haven't looked back. I, I have these tax collecting buddies that I'd been doing life with for the last two years or five years or or ten years, and I never ever went back and told those people about my new life, about where I'm at. And this is just in, in my mind. I think Matthew probably starts wondering, you know, how do I communicate to my old friends 
what my new life is like. And then maybe he starts to think to himself, you know, back, back when I was like in, in the tax collecting business, back when I had the booth, I was, I was making money. I, I, I had a lot of cash when I was in the whole tax booth thing. And I used to throw these parties. People loved my parties because I had all this money. And so I would throw all these parties and everybody would come to my party. So here's, here's what I'll do. Here's what I'll do. This is just like, this is his world, right? This is Matthew's world. So he says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw a party. That's what I'll do. I'll, I'll have a big dinner. And I'm going to invite all my tax collecting buddies to come. But then I'm also going to do this. Then I'm also, this, this, is, this is the switch. I'm going to invite Jesus. And I'm going to invite James. And I'm going to invite John and Peter and some of these other guys that I'm just getting to know. I'm, I'm going to start inviting all of these folks. And then maybe they will start to get together. And some of my old friends will start to mix around with some of my new friends. And when some of my old friends start to mix with my new friends, maybe they'll start to see what my new life is all about and stuff like that, right? So that, that's kind of what's going on behind the scenes. I'm going to have this dinner party. And so he sets up this party, right? And the Bible says, already, we, we've read this, it says that everybody shows up, basically. There's, there's lots of people there. His, his old friends show up, the tax collectors, uh, the, the, the sinners, but then also they're with Jesus and the disciples and, and things like that. And so Matthew is telling us, remember, remember we read Matthew? Matthew says, you know, hey, I had this, he's talking about himself, I had this party and had this dinner, actually, he calls it, and I had all these people show up. Now, here's what I think is really cool about the Bible. There's, there's different places in different Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that all talk about the same different things in Jesus' lives, in Jesus' life, but they do it from different vantage points. And so there's this guy named Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and he talks about this party as well that Matthew threw. And here's what Luke says. I think this is, this is, so, this is so good. Then Levi, which is Matthew, held a great megas banquet. The word great is the word megas. Everybody say megas. It, 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 he had a great megas banquet. Matthew said, oh, I was just having people over for dinner. Luke says, no, no, no. It was a megas banquet, dude. For Jesus at his house and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. This was a huge deal. This was a huge party. The word, the word megas is used in the Bible, the Greek word megas, is used 150 different times to, to, to describe massive or, or large. And guess what? Here's what's amazing to me. When you look up the word megas, it's also used 33 times in the Bible to describe loud. Okay? So this was a big thing going on with lots of people. And Luke says, hello, it was loud. Okay, it's like, that. think about the biggest parties, you know, that you've been to or thrown. That's what's going on. A big 4th of July party with everybody in the backyard, that's what's going on here. And do you think everybody at Matthew's party was just, you know, everybody's just good, everybody's just, you know, getting along and just mixing easily and at ease? Just from what we already know about them? No. I don't think so, right? Because these followers of Jesus, these disciples, who were at Matthew's house, his new friends, remember, they would have known these tax collectors, they would have known these folks. They were making life miserable for their community, for, for their family. But I just can't help but think, again, this, this is just in my mind, okay? Just, so just go with me here, because this is just in my mind about how Matthew and Jesus lived. I can't help but think that maybe it's 10 o'clock at night or 11 o'clock at night, and, you know, people are starting to, you know, loosen up a little bit, and like, okay, we're just going to hang out, and a few of them, you know, a few of these people start bumping into each other over at the sushi table, you know, um, there's got to be sushi there, right? I mean, they're all, a lot of them are fishermen, so there's got to there's be sushi, you know, around there. So I think they're around. And, you know, so, so, so they're sitting there around the sushi table at the party, and, and one, of, oh, one of them looks at the other, you know, guy and says, Hey, I, I didn't know you liked sushi. 
And he said, I do. I, I like sushi. I, I like sushi and I like collecting taxes. And I said, well, I like sushi and I like following Jesus. And, and they're like, well, at least we both like sushi. Su- su- sushi, right? It's hard to say. Sushi, 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 whatever it is. It's the fish, right? Um, at least people, and then you see what I'm saying though? But they, but they just start to mix and they start to talk and that sort of thing. And, and maybe it's around midnight or one o'clock and some of the people who have never really met Jesus are starting to meet Jesus and they're starting to interact and they're starting to say, hey, I, I, I've never, I heard about him, and, but I, I have some questions about him and, and that sort of thing. And here's the deal, here's the deal. We don't know everything that happened. We don't know how the party ended at Matthew's house. But here's, here's just what I, here's how I play it out in my mind. I think everybody else is basically gone. Everybody's left the party. And Jesus hangs around and he's just, it's just him and Matthew there at Matthew's house. And Matthew starts to walk Jesus out of the house to send him off for the night. And as they're walking out of the house, Jesus turns back and he says to Matthew, oh, hey, Matthew, 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 Matthew. Two things. Two, two things about your party tonight that I just wanted you to know. Here's here's the first thing. I love the fact that you didn't forget about your old friends. Man, I know you're trying to do a new thing. You're following after me. I know you left that whole deal. And you have a lot of people at your old job who don't know who I am at all and in your old career. And uh, I I just want to say, just I love the fact that you didn't forget about them. I love the fact that you tried to bring us all together in that sort of deal. And, and the other thing, the other thing, Matthew, I want to applaud your creativity and your courage. I know that wasn't easy, probably, to bring a lot of those folks together. And they're kind of, you know, they don't mix together well in the community, but, but you, you did it. And I know, you know, a couple of those, you know, I know what's, their names were fighting and those three people left early and, you know, it's whatever. But I, way to go. Way to go. Well done, Matthew. And then I think Jesus just turns and walks off into the night. And I think Matthew says, yes, yes. It kind of worked. It kind of worked. So how in the world does something like this, just a little event, just a couple of verses really, a couple of moments in the life of Jesus How does that apply to us today? Well, let's spend a few moments fitting this into our world. Maybe you've just started following Jesus over the last few weeks or the last few months. I know that there's four or five weeks ago now that hundreds and hundreds of folks from around here at all of our campuses decided to get baptized and said, man, I'm going to jump in. I'm going I'm to start following Jesus. So maybe you've just been really jumping in and deciding to follow Jesus for a, a few weeks or months. Or I know we had some students come back from camp last week and some of them gave their lives to Jesus. And they're like, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going I'm to start to live this out. I'm, I'm going to try and rearrange some things. So maybe for some of you students, it's, it's more recent. Or maybe for you, it's been several years or even decades. But you're still, even, even no matter how long it's been, you're trying to figure out, it's like, how in the world do I put my old life and my new life together? How do I put my old friends and my new friends together? This party that Matthew throws gives us a good outline on how we could do that even this summer around here. So here's the first thing. If we want to figure out how to do this in our lives and picture our life the way Jesus did, maybe you want to write this down or take a picture of this. It's first one's easy. Don't forget about your old friends, right? Just don't forget about your old 
friends, the friends who were there before you started coming to church or before you got in the small group or before you, you know, what, what, whatever, before you started jumping on a, uh, a serving team or, or whatever, don't forget about them. And, and I know as soon as we start talking about this, we're talking about reaching out to people and, and sharing our faith in Jesus with people and, and being bold with people. And I know, listen, listen, I know what goes on in some of your minds. As soon as I start talking about, yeah, we need to reach out to our old friends and, and we need to be ready to share our faith and, and help them see Jesus, I know what happens. The most common thing is, Todd, well, listen, listen. I would love to do that. I would love to reach out and like be sharing my faith and with Jesus and other people. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, Todd. Here's the thing. Just, it's just me. My faith is like more private. It's more of a private thing, okay? So that's just kind of, and here's what I'd say. If that's where you are, if that's what you feel, I get it. I understand it. I've been there. But here's the thing. That just can't be true. It can't be true. Now, now your faith in Jesus is a personal thing, but it was never meant to be a private thing. The way each and every one of us came to know Jesus and started following him is as personal as it gets. I mean, when you met Jesus, you saw him here, or you, somebody helped you know him there, you read something, he, the Spirit spoke into your life. The way you started following Jesus is as personal as it could possibly be, but it was never meant to be private. It was never meant to be a private way for us to live. And Jesus speaks about this also in the book of Matthew, a little bit earlier in chapter 5, and maybe some of you have seen this as well. It says, you're the light of the world. It's what you are. City on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, before women, before people, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Our faith, your faith, my faith is just as personal as it could be. It is unique the way you interact with Jesus. But it was never meant to be private. And one of the greatest things that you and I, myself, I'm included in this. Hello, I'm I'm not preaching at you. I'm with you. One of the greatest things that we could do this summer is just not forget about our old friends. Bring them along with us. And then here's the next thing. Be creative in bringing your old friends and new friends together, just like we saw in the story. Be creative. Don't forget about them. And be creative in bringing some of your old friends from your old life, from your old career, from your old job, from your old school together. It's summertime. This summer is very different than last summer, right? Because things were shut down. It's like you can't have a party last summer, but this summer people are looking for places to gather. People are looking for places to hang out. So, so why not have a, a little, you know, uh, a, a, a little party at your place? Or why not have a megas party? Some of you are like, I'm not having a little one, Todd. If I'm going to have one, it's going to be big, okay? I'm going to have a megas party. Why not do that? Why not, why not get some people uh, together and just see what happens? And you're like, can I really do that? And you, you can really do that. I can really do that. And, and you can begin to like picture and live, not just come on you know, the weekends and say, oh yeah, we're studying Jesus and his life, but we can really, in our daily lives, begin to live and walk and act and talk like Jesus did and the people around him. Why not have a party like that this summer? If you're thinking about having one, or if you're thinking to yourself, hey, I'm going to write that down, and maybe we'll do a party like Matthew did and try and bring some old friends and new friends together. That, that sounds kind of fun. Here's just a couple of things that I've learned from doing this. Try to have a balance of the people that you invite. This is just getting really practical. This will make sense for, for some of you, I'm sure. Don't, don't, you know, the people who know Jesus and the people who don't know Jesus, try and have a balance of that. Don't just invite one or two people who are far from God and 38 others who are, you know, church people, right? 
Maybe you've been there because here's what will happen. The one or two people who are far from God are going to get there and they're going to go, hello? This is this like a church thing? You're, I'm at a church thing, aren't I? I mean, there's like, there's, there's like no, there's, there's no cussing, you know? Or if it's a part view thing, there may be a little cussing. Actually, um, yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm joking, joking, joking. Pastor Tim's there. Um, no, I'm just, I'm just joking, joking. Don't tell him that. Um, but you know, that, that's, you, you get my point. People be like, what, what's going on here? So, so you want to kind of have a balance there of, you know, people who are, you know, far from God and people who are, you know, following after Jesus with, with their life. And the other thing I would say is invite relationally uh, intelligent followers of Jesus. Not just people to your party who are involved in this big game of Jesus says, who are going to come to the party and say, oh, whoa, I know you, I knew you in high school. Whoa, you're here? No, people who are just trying to follow Jesus. Not involved in a big game of Jesus says. Man, if we could dive into that this summer, how cool would it be for us all of these centuries later to say, you know what? Here we are so far removed from Matthew and Jesus' friendship and those other disciples but yet life, we have some folks who are far from God, and we also know some people who are a little bit closer, and what if we just tried to do that same kind of thing and just see what God does? One of the greatest ways to live is to just dive into stuff like that, let God go to work, and see what happens. It's one of the coolest things you can do. Here's one other thing I want us to know before we pull this all together, and this is just one other learning that I think is really important uh, from this whole section of Jesus' life in Matthew chapter 9. And the first part is like this, that religion says, or religious people, when we look at Matthew chapter 9, that's the, uh, that's the Pharisees, that's the teachers of the law, that's the other people that were standing around the party, you know, throwing stones. How come you're eating together? Da, 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 da. That's the religious leaders of that day. Religion says change and you can begin to join us. So here's what you need to do. I mean, if, if you're going to eat with those people, you can only eat, like, eat with people who are like you. They're not like you. If they would become like you, you could eat with them. So religion says just, just change, and then you can begin to join us. That's what religion says. Jesus comes along and says, no, 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 listen. Join us, and you will begin to change. It's not change, then you can join us. It's just Join us. Follow. Follow after Jesus. And you know what? After a little bit of time, as you start following after Jesus and getting around other people who are following Jesus, again, not perfectly. None of us are following Jesus perfectly. But when you get around other people who are trying to follow Jesus, what happens is one day you kind of wake up and you say, you know what? It's, 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 it's like there's a little bit of change. And it's not because I'm mastering the game of Jesus says but it's because I'm just beginning to follow Jesus. I think one of the greatest things that we could do this summer, we still have a lot of the summer left, one of the greatest things we could do this summer is introduce one of our friends to a friendship with Jesus. And there's lots of ways to do it, but what we've talked about and studied today is one of those ways to do it. You know this is true, right? In people's lives 100 years from now, the only thing that will matter in a person's life is what they believe about Jesus. That's it. It's not your car, it's not the house you were in, it's not what kind of party you had, it's not what kind of clothes you had, it's not just, it's, it's none of that. It's just 100, 100 years from now. 
Put it out there. A hundred years for all of us, the only thing that's going to matter is where we are with Jesus. And so it makes sense to try and have a good backyard deck gathering and just see what happens, see what God does. Here's the takeaway this weekend. What friends do you need to introduce to Jesus this summer? I just want you to think about that. What friends do you need to introduce to Jesus this summer? Maybe somebody pops in your head right away. And it's a little scary because you're thinking, oh shoot, I already thought about them. Oh man, God probably put that there. Doggone it. It's all right. It's okay to be a little nervous about it. I realize it's not your job, it's not my job to make this person believe or have everything in line. It's just our, our job to bring them together and help a friend, meet a friend who's following after Jesus. Amen? Cool? All right, let's pray together. God, thanks for today, and thanks for a good weekend like this where we can set aside some time to worship and to sing and point our hearts towards you. And Thank you for all the different activities that are going on around here and camps and summer jam and groups, just all the different stuff that's happening. These things are opening back up. God, I pray that maybe even this week or next week that you would help us just pull a page right out of Matthew chapter 9 and say, I'm going to do that thing. I'm going to do that same thing that Matthew did with Jesus and those other folks. I'm going to bring a few people together. God, I'm just going to see what you do. You are so worthy. You are so worthy, Jesus. We just want to help people see you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone says, amen. Thanks again for listening. Like I mentioned before, we would love to hear from you. And if you want to talk with our team about taking your next step toward God, visit parkviewchurch.com slash next steps to let us know. Now may the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. See you next time.